Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the greenhouse. Something a little bit different now to what we normally have. We have a live recording of a science comedy podcast run by Greg Gentlemen, welcome to Smart Enough to Know Better. My name's Greg Waugh. I'm Dan Beeston. And we are a podcast of science... Comedy. ...and ignorance. Now, put your hands up if you've heard of a podcast before. Wow, I'm actually quite shocked. That's brilliant. Thank you very much for coming. Now, for those who don't know, I'm a teacher. You're a... Well-practised idiot. Well-practised idiot. And We're expert idiots, <laughs> if anything. We bring the ignorance. Normally, we get experts on, like scientists, and we sort of ask questions that normally... People don't ask because they're too clever. And we kind of go, but wait, I really need to know this really dumb question. So we ask the dumb questions so no one else has to feel silly. And it's worked very well. Oh, yes, I've asked a lot of dumb questions. Many, many, many dumb questions. But this show is different. This show will be more audience participation. Now, don't clench your buttocks quite yet. You're going to be okay. What we're going to do, we're going to get you to be the audience. Because what we've discovered is many people know many, many interesting things. Especially people at Woodford. You're going to be well-versed in lots of really interesting and weird stuff. And we want to know what that stuff is. Yeah. Now, we're not going to, like, bail you up. We're not going to run yeah. down and go, Quickly, sir, get up in front of all these people. Speak. Speak. His eyes just, di- <laughs> like, expanded and he's gone into fight or I thought flight. He was gonna, I thought he was going to punch you. I was like, Ugh. Well, that's one of fight or flight. That's right. That's, that's fight. That's half of it. Yeah, I know. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what they call it, fight or flight. That's, that's what I'm saying. If he, if he tracks me down afterwards, then that's just maliciousness. That's, but... right, that's true. And <laughs> that, but it happens a lot to Dan, so but don't what do I would like, What I would like is for you to sit there in the audience and go, huh, what, what science-related story would I, mm. would I have to tell? Or what science-related story would, my, would the person I'm here with have to tell? Yes. And you might go, oh, wait a second. My mate here, he's got that, you've got that story. So I, I want everyone to just not, not look at us. Don't look at us. And just whisper each other going, you should tell that story. Tell Remember that story. That story Quickly. That Remember that yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a quick talk. And while we do that, we're going to invite to our stage our guest judges, our guest stars. Please put your hands together for Spencer Housen and Dr. Jen Parsons. So Spencer Housen, for those who don't know, he is the breakfast radio host from ABC 612 in Brisbane. Hello, Greg. Hello, Dan. <laughs> and, and Dan as well. So hello, I'm... everyone. Yeah, yeah, hello, everyone. And we also have uh, Dr. Jen Parsons from the CSIRO. Jen is a chiropterologist, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Big whoops for chiropterologists. Yeah. What's a chiropterologist, Dr. Jen? I study bats. She studies bats. I think it was actually a bat who squealed out. <laughs> That's I'm trying to get out of this tent. <laughs> That's just a bat going, I'm stuck. That's right. We have a radio person who's better than us at talking on mics and a person who is better at science. Just to show you guys how it works, mm-hmm. though, just so that you know what you're in for, we're going to get our guests to tell a little science story. Yes. Just to, it's a, it's a, to chum the waters. <laughs> to chum the waters so that you're... It's so just a your shark-like stories That's can right. cruise up to the front. The science the blood show. in the... No, let's not, now, let's not... you're not doing that for no reason. Yes. You're not doing that just for acclaim. No. That's what, Who not, cares that's what about we acclaim? Do. We do. Yes. We do. Oh, that's... Really? We have delicious prizes. Fabulous prizes from Elbow Fish Games in America. David Galliel has let us use his games. He not just use them, but give them to you. You can win this game here, Antimatter Matters. In Antimatter Matters, you play a board game where you have to build an atom. 
You go like, what? But you know, really, seriously, it's a great game. I own it myself. Not this one. It's covered in plastic. Don't worry. It's not just, I haven't drooled on anything. But it's a great game. You have to get like protons and neutrons, electrons and gluons and build them together before someone else does. It's brilliant. It's honestly one of the best games I've played because when you take someone's gluon and their atom falls apart and it causes a big nasty reaction, it's hilarious and blows up a base. It's brilliant. Anyway, so Antimatter Matters. Very, very good. And the second one, also from Elbowfish Games, thank you to Elbowfish Games for giving it to us, is Jux. This was made in part by Peter Boghossian, a, a skeptical thinker. It's a game of storytelling and, and kind of skeptical thinking in itself. A very good game in itself. So we've got Antimatter Matters, the best prize, and our second prize, Jux, as well. This is what you're playing for, ladies and gentlemen. So don't just sit there. You can win real, actual prizes. Now, just before we get our first speaker up, I just want to get everyone in the room a little bit warmed up because at the moment, we've, uh, people have had lunch. There's a lot of crossed arms. Yeah, a lot of crossed arms. A lot of people just going, oh, we just came here to get out of the sun. Maybe they're rappers. They're what? Maybe they're rappers. They were like, yo, gangster audience. Gangster audience. <laughs> okay, no, so I want you to unclo- uncross your arms, shake it out a little bit. No, wait, no, Shake on. it out a bit. Okay. Now, I would like you to give a round of applause, just like you've watched an excellent putt Ooh. at the golf. Oh, there you so go. a very gentle... On the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah, oh, that's lovely. That's, that's graceful. Nice. That's nice. It's nice. It's nice. Okay. Let's up our game to the tennis now. Yeah. Get one of them volleys. Big volley. Oh, yeah. Ace. Boom. Ace. Ooh. And the applause for tennis. They're good, they're good. Some of that was a bit volleyball-y, but mostly tennis. Good, I like it. Now, finally, uh, scoring a try at some sort of football match. <laughs> ah, excellent. Okay, okay now we've got, you've got the, the blood flowing, we've got the noise happening. Yes. That means we are ready for our very first science story. And we're going to start with Spencerhausen. Go with the business. This will explain no pressure, but this is going to set up for the rest of the show what the audience should be ready to do. Set the bar low. Set the bar. Don't intimidate them. <laughs> okay. It does say adult content is okay. Yes, it, it does. Okay. Here be... come the F-bombs. No, no, no. 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 They'll be... They'll... What is it? He's, he's off 612 no. now and yes. he's ready to put the dog off the leash. <laughs> I recently discovered that the animal world came up with the ultimate morning after pill. Ooh. And it's shaped like a common gardening tool. Ew. Anyone know what I'm talking about yet? <laughs> Good. Come on, it's Woodford. Come on. Okay. Like a trowel? Well, yes. Yeah, seems... Yes. Essentially sex a shovel. Trowel, sex trowel. You're my sex trowel. Yes, like a trowel. What's oh. A, well, what's a, is a trowel like a, a, a shovel? Like, like a, a small yeah. shovel? It's a shovel, shovel for elves. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I have a little elf shovel. Ah, I'm troweling the ground. Okay, just like a trowel. Okay, I'll just lay it out there. I won't string it out any longer because once you've heard this, your mind will just want to go lots and lots of places. The dragonfly, I'm talking about. The dragonfly's penis, that's the only adult content I'll do. The <laughs> dragonfly's penis has a trowel on the end. Uh, Did it, you know that? What? I, but... or, or shovel or spade. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, wh- uh, why? Then, why? Then the damselfly would have to have like a, a, a pocket. I don't want to mime this with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> it would have some sort of. Pocket, yes. you would think, like a, a like, jigsaw piece. Yes, like a, a, a like, sperm receptacle. Or like the sexiest game of Tetris ever. <laughs> and it vanishes. <laughs> Sorry, back and here. the reason that the dragonfly has a shovel or a, a trowel on the end of its penis is so that the male who owns the penis can scoop out 
any remaining deposit, shall we say, left by any previous mates. <laughs> Was there an owl? Because I did read that it's sometimes described as spoon-like, but often described as spiky. So the, the owl, definitely. Ah, yes. So it's kind, of, it's kind of like a washing up thing. I don't know how that violent, we need to... I don't how know. violent is your washing up? And what are you washing yeah, up? That's the right. question. Just throw them away, man, when you're finished. You don't need to you use... What, my damselflies? <laughs> now, now, thank you, Spence. Is that it? I'm horrified and... and... Well, do you want to know how they discovered this? Oh, no. Was, well, the, just briefly, there was a scientist who was uh, curious to know... I'm not quite... Uh, this, this, this is where I end my science knowledge and just become, you know, the ring-in that you invited along. But uh, essentially, uh, mid-coitus, a scientist dissected these uh, male and a female. Mid-coitus? Yes. Mid-coitus. And they were oh. really into it then, I know. They were like, wow, we just... No, I'm doing this. Dr. Interruptus? Yes, I'd like to... Uh... <laughs> well, if, I think if you're dissecting at that point, it's cutus interruptus. Oh, very good. Yes. Very good, very nice. Anyway, Ma- that's essentially my Thank you very back. much. A, right. hor- a round of applause? <laughs> now, that's amazing, because yes. there's, there's quite a lot of research that goes into male... Bug yes. genitalia. Yeah, it's really weird. Very little research goes into female Scientists bug genitalia. are really obsessed with bugs' penises. No one is obsessed with bugs' vaginas. It's it, really weird. It's not that they're not obsessed, they just can't find them. Uh, like, they're tiny and it's harder yeah. to find. That's it. <laughs> That's what we established on the podcast. We, did, we actually discovered. Don't look yes. at me like I'm a creep. Don't leave me hanging here. You're all by yourself. Now, that was an interesting story. These are three things we get judged on. If they will, they're the judges. They're going to get judged on, was it an interesting story? Well, yes, I think that was quite interesting. The second one is, was it well told? They'll judge you on that as well. Finally, why I was over here touching this computer, not just looking up dragonfly porn, which I kind of was, and now I'm really disturbed. <laughs> was he correct? Is that a true thing? Is he not just making it up? So using the font of all knowledge, of course... Uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica. No. In the internet. No, well, yes, but Wikipedia. Basically. Oh, right, Wikipedia. Mainly Wikipedia. Okay. So, and it's true. It is here. A dragonfly penis is shovel-shaped so it can scoop a rival sperm out of the female. Anyway, so it's true. That's how you will get judged. Please don't mention dragonfly sex. Any other dragonfly experts in the audience? <laughs> oh, actually, there's one who... Is there one of me? <laughs> that man just went, that's you. <laughs> the lady's like, get away from me. That's not research. Don't tell them about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that means it's time to open up the floor. It is, it is. To people in the audience who have science stories. Now, I'm not going to call you to rush the stage no. immediately... But if you think that someone near you has a story, <laughs> can you just put your hand surreptitiously in the air and then put it down again? Uh, oh, uh, oh, we very had good. a couple. Yeah, we had a couple. couple very good. Good. Excellent. good, good, good. So we'll start Excellent. that. Excellent. Those people just got dubbed in. <laughs> All right. Now we need one brave individual to kick us off. That's right. With the stories. The lady at the back there, would you like to come up? Hello. Welcome. Round of applause for the nice lady. Hello, everyone. Hello. Oh, and your name is, sorry? My name's Anne. Hello, Anne. And I'm very nervous, but uh, I do listen to Spencer every day and he does do a great job. Thank you. I've I've invented kind of a bee box and through that process I've had to start learning quite a bit about bees and I was quite surprised to realise that we've got one queen bee and when she goes on her virgin flight, a lot of drones, like that is their purpose in life, to fertilise that queen for life. And they're so dedicated to that task that when they actually do whatever they do with her, 
It is such an exhilarating banging, experience banging. that, that banging. their testicles explode. Now, is that true or false? What? It, what? You, you're telling us. <laughs> <laughs> We're not. Whoa. Can I, you do, I, I, can I, I get Anthony? We've just... all been there, fellas, but I can't really. Oh, wait, no, hold on a second. Hang on. Hold on a second. Can, can, can I just get Anthony? There might be some questions yeah. being asked. Yeah. Can, yeah. I, can yeah. I just get you to do the last sentence again, nice and slowly? The act happens in midair. The drones, that is their total purpose in life, to find a queen and disseminate her. And it's such an exhilarating experience for that drone bee that at that moment of conception, their testicles explode. Thank you. I just wanted to hear the story again. All right, thank you. That's great. That's cool. She's telling the truth. (laughs) Not just their testicles explode. Not just the testicles explode, but their entire sex organ falls right off. No, 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 stop. Yes. I say, my, my search browser history is going to be shocking. Oh I'm going to lose goodness. my blue card, I tell you. That was... I was a bit worried for a sec because I said, I was building a beatbox. And I'm like, what? what? This old lady can do beatboxing? <laughs> no. Unless it's with bees. The scores for this story are... I can't decide whether I want a shovel or exploding. Okay. Um, and because you listen to me every morning... Thing. It was true, was it? It's, it's, it's true. And it involved insects and sex, which, you know, I'm obviously obsessed with. I'm going to give you a seven and a half for that. Yeah, seven and a half. Thank you very much, Anne. Well done. Yes, Jen. fascinating topic. There are vertebrates that also have coitus that ends in not such a, a nice way. The antichinus. If an antichinus, when they go into, when the male goes into their breeding frenzy, they will die after that, breeding basically, frenzy. of starvation. They stop eating. So when an, when an antichinus and a kinus meet, do they annihilate in a big explosion? <laughs> Is well, that what happens? Like, yes. a big bang! Oh, God. Oh. So, oh, right. so visual. Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry about the visuals. But, yes, I'm judging, so that's not my fact. <laughs> you are judging us, yes. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I thought that was great. And What's an I... anti-kindness, by the way? Sorry, ignorance. Marsupial mouse. Thank you, sir. That's a that is the weirdest heckle I've <laughs> ever had. <laughs> Marsupial mouse. Oh, work. I'm sorry, my upper body strength's a bit low, but come on, fellas. I'm going to arrange for someone to just call that out on Wednesday for the next one, just <laughs> randomly. Yeah. Marsupial mouse. Marsupial mouse. <laughs> I think I'm going to give her a seven. A seven. Seven that Fourteen and a half points for Anne. Well done. Very nice. So maybe stick with insects losing their genitals and things. Like maybe, maybe you once saw a grasshopper get stuck in a door going, ah, ah, help me, that sort of stuff. There's a beetle or some sort of beetle that yes. it doesn't even need to get near the female, does it? It just sort of fires its... It's Paul McCartney. That's how he, yeah. Paul McCartney. Yeah, he just fires a spermatozoa, right? Different into... beetle. Oh, okay, Different sorry, spelling okay. of beetle. Love, love, me do. Ow! Kaboom! Boom! A lot of people <laughs> use that excuse, though. Yes, sir. Okay. The great thing about recording a podcast... What? I was near Paul McCartney, and he fired his spermatosa at me across the room. That's what my mum said, anyway. So it's just, just like the beetle. Yeah, yeah. Like, it could just yeah. shatter the carapace. <laughs> it just it gets the sperm from the beetle penis Don't through the, the shell, yes. and hopefully some of it... And what's that called, Dan? It's called... Uh, um, a nasty... It's called in- horrible. Horrible insemination. No, traumatic insemination. Don't look at that. Traumatic insemination. Yes. It's like, you're a beetle. You're like, la, 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 la. Ah, ah, help 
me, I've just had sex. Help me, I'm pregnant. Yes, and, and you can be a dude. Like the other, like other, the Beatles don't care. They're just like, I've got to get someone. Hard to impregnate them though. They, that doesn't. It's, it's like the guns of Navarone for Beatles. All right, we have a whole bunch of interested parties. Good, good. good. I am going to go with this gentleman down the front. Oh, okay. Oh, marsupial mouse man. Marsupial mouse. Marsupial mouse. Marsupial mouse. Marsupial mouse. Hopefully, if he gets to speak up here, then that shuts him up and he stops making calling me mammals. My marsupials. <laughs> So All right, uh, your name for the listeners? Uh, it's Rob. Rob, Hi, big Rob. hand for Rob. Rob. Hi, Rob. Uh, a bit, at least get to the tennis, tennis match clap for Rob. <laughs> Up for the tennis clap, clap for Rob. <laughs> lovely, yes, lovely. Okay, now, Rob, you have a science story for us? Yes, uh, just a very aside. I saw the end of the life of an antichinus. He was all cute and stuff, and it's like, oh, he's so cute, you can go right up to him. And then the magpie came over and stabbed him. But fortunately, <laughs> the kids, we said, oh, take a look at that cute little guy. They weren't looking when he was stabbed. Oh, oh they could have learned a beat. valuable lesson about nature. Yeah, yeah. It did look a little it's, bit like that. It's red and the lion tooth <laughs> Alright, terrifying. What is your science story, Rob? Okay, so my science story, it started with, I got a bike, it's aluminium, it's getting a bit old, so I thought, I'm going to get myself a new bike, something fancy, thought carbon fibre, then look it Mm. up, you you don't want to be too rough on carbon fibre, I'm a bit rough, so titanium bikes sound great, bloody expensive, I'm like, why is this so expensive? So I look it up, and it turns out it's... 40 times more common in the Earth's crust than copper. So it's not oh, like... Oh, so there's stacks of it. It's not rare, yeah. And we haven't turned most of it into American pennies. Exactly. <laughs> and we can even you know, rub it on our skin and have a bit of a sunscreen action. And white paint. What? What? Wait, what? Titanium dioxide is in white paint. It is. And sunscreen. That's very true. Ah, that is very true. Go. That's but a good fact. Round of applause, but it's not whoa, the fact he's trying whoa, to do. Whoa, whoa. Slow down, slow down. <laughs> That's extra credit. Slow down, marsupial mouse. Don't get me off the stage. Now, so uh, I was like, why is this so expensive? So I look into the process, and it's this thing called the Kroll process. And when you make iron, it's just like burn it uh, with coal, and, and it, you get iron. It's, it's not too complicated. But the Kroll process for getting titanium out to a metal form is that you put it in a big pressure cooker-like thing. You add molten magnesium and chlorine gas, and you bubble it through there for about four days... And you recycle the chlorine and the molten magnesium with a bit of electrolysis, and then you keep on bubbling it. And eventually, after four I've days... Done, I've, done a, I've done Christmas punch this way as well. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So the effervescence. Yeah. And so you, then you take the pressure cooker-like thing, you cut the top off, cut the bottom off, pull this thing out, take the block of titanium sponge, you cut the bottom off and the sides, and you treat it like a pineapple. Oh, right. Okay, and then, yeah. And then you, uh, you shove it in a big vessel and you use an arc furnace, which is like a big bloody spark, which melts it all. And then you take that and you melt it again. And then you finally have something you can roll and press and be, make into titanium. Oh, my God. That's so, so That's much. why it's six times more expensive. There you go. Heavens and then fire. when you work with it, it kind of wants to catch fire. So you've got to be careful. So don't, don't ride your bike through any fires. Yes. And then once it's done, it's awesome. It's strong, it's flexible, it's resilient, it's light, so... Maybe. I'd probably get one someday. No, just not oh, you haven't. Oh, so you didn't oh, maybe. The, moral of the story is I, I serviced my bike and it was great. Maybe oh, you will win. <laughs> maybe you will win a prize today and therefore be able to sell that prize and buy a titanium bike. I would or like to know... Lever or something. I would like to know, how much did it cost to service your bike? Oh, about... Oh, by the time I fixed everything, it was like... Uh, Four hundred dollars. <laughs> okay, and how much would it have cost to buy a titanium bike? About four grand. Oh, 
that's that's at the, the entry level too. You could oh. buy a car for four grand and chase people on titanium it's bikes. A, not a titanium car. Get free bikes. Free bikes. And when you hit the person with a titanium bike, it probably will survive. <laughs> Thank so you, Rob. Ah, ah. <laughs> it's a, so the car would be a, it would be a titanium filter and it would filter out <laughs> all of the meat. All right, we're going to go to our judges. Thank you, Rob. We're going to go to our judges. No, 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 no. You can go. Thank you, Rob. Round of applause for Rob. Sorry. You need we, one of those facts? Okay, right. Yeah. Now, please. this person here said it much more simply you can't use carbon reduction, full stop. Yeah. See, there you go. You could have just said that. No, no. I'm sorry. sorry. He's, up, he's up for storytelling, too. Oh, right? cool. We can get him. We can destroy him. That marsupial mouse, that. So, if this mouse has got claws. He's right, yes. He's basically correct. It takes a lot of energy to do it. You've got to use sodium, magnesium. These things take a lot of energy to get to the ground. Therefore, you get lots of processes to get that final process. Rob is absolutely right. And he's sitting there going, of course I'm right. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Well, I would probably give you an eight for the storytelling and for the fact, but yes. because you slipped an extra one in there, I'm going to go eight and a half. Oh, eight and a half. One separate fact, eight and a half. Well done, Rob. <laughs> Boom, must be a mouse. I've been watching Breaking Bad this year. <laughs> and I... <laughs> That all got a little bit... One of my problems here is I can't see your face when you're talking, which oh. is fine. I see Dan's butt, but that's okay because I've memorised my super master's face. That's okay. But I, Also, I, my butt is amazing. Yes, it is. He, he works out. I was starting to wonder whether like we... you firing a spermatosa into his shell, then... <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if we were getting a recipe for methamphetamine or something there at one point, is what I'm saying. He just uh, ends by going... <laughs> ah. Also, I love cycling. Anyone who listens to my radio show will know that wasn't a fact, but... <laughs> Two days ago, would you believe, I actually started, this is a, this is a scoop, not a shovel or a spade or yeah, stop a... Stop it. Sorry. Stop um, it. I actually started doing an internet search on bikes. I'm going to buy a bike and I'm suddenly fascinated in all the different metals with which you can buy a bike, but I was thinking of spending about $198 and nice. you've blown me away with the big numbers. Talking of big numbers, I'm not going to go as high as Jen here. I'm still dithering, I know, and <laughs> they're going, wind it up. Just Let's say six. Six. Uh, 14 Six and a half. 14 and a half. Doing well. Really? That gentleman has been waiting right since the start. I'd like him to come up. Welcome. Coming up, sir. Excellent. Another round of applause. Yes, we're sick of this. Back in the day, educated people didn't clap Welcome hands. It was considered gauche. You used to tap a table. You used to go, well done, well done. But it really hurts your knuckles. So, there you go. Okay. Hi. Your name, sir? Charles. Charles, I'm Charles. Dan. Thank you, Dan. Pleasure. I'm Pleasure. Greg. Hi. So, uh, I'm get going to... Get your butt out of the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hi. I, I'm going to start at the finish. The oh. fact that I'm giving you that you can Google now is tardigrades are utelic. What's that? Tardigrades... Oh, yes. ...are utelic. Tardigrades are utelic? Yeah, now... I've seen Doctor Who too. Ah, right. But <laughs> I, 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 tardigrades Weird. being utelic means that they have the same number of cells in their body for their whole life. The cells just get bigger. Tardigrades... Oh, that's my fault. That's my problem, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, yeah. I'm just my cells But I should explain bigger. what tardigrades what are. Is. They're water bears. And oh. anyone who's seen Mal Webb's show will know that Mal's a big fan of water bears. They're tiny little things, tiny... The big ones grow up to about a millimetre, and they've got eight legs, and they've got this cute little snout that goes in and out. It looks like a sort of a, a Winnie the Pooh having a, a bit of a passionate situation. And, um, they swim like dog paddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're very cool. And, and um, nothing can kill them. And you can dehydrate them yeah. and send them throughout a space. And... <laughs> 
Uh, if they You're find any liquid water anywhere out in outer space, they'll come back to life again. And so there is a theory that they're actually a, an, an interstellar traveller. But their biology is so bizarre that they have the same number of cells at the start of their life cycle than at the end. And so when a tardigrade gives birth throughout this process, I'm not sure how it works, but until the new tardigrade comes out of the old tardigrade, there are twice as many cells in the tardigrade. And when the new one comes out, the new one, tiny, tiny, it's got the same number of cells as the parent. Oh. Bigger, bigger. That just blows my mind. So, that's, that's pretty yeah, good. That's, that's that's great. A round of applause. Round of applause. <laughs> now, the question, of course, so is, is he correct? Tardigrades are eutelic, and it means they have a fixed number of cells in the body of an adult for any given species, normally around 40,000 cells. There we go. Absolutely correct. On the money. So are you a tardigrade specialist, sir? No, there you go. That's just a random thing he knew. There you go. Okay. I love tardigrades. I think they're fabulous. So I do think that's a fabulous story. So I'm going to give you good points for that. It was entertaining. Great subject material. So I'm going to go for seven. Seven points. Seven points. Seven points. Well done. Seven points. Spencer is a... What do you call it? A water bear. A water bear. Water bear. Is that the yeah. same as a sea monkey? No. What's the difference? Uh, one's a crustacean and one is not. But they both can be powdered and sent to other planets? No, they can't. Okay, all right. <laughs> Just checking. Um, <laughs> one the, is an extremophile. Tardigrades are extremophiles. You can freeze them. You can cool them down. You can fire them radiation up. And you, can, you, can just, you can beat them at tennis. They don't take it personally. It's great. I, I feel uh, that I'm not scoring terribly highly here, but I'm, I'm trying to be consistent. Six and a half. For Six Charles. and a half. Six and a half. Thirteen well, and a half right points. Up. Well done. There we go. Uh, yes, madam, you get your hand up straight away. Well done. Boom. Up in the air. Brilliant. This, brilliant. Brilliant. This brilliant. This might have to be our last story of the day, I think. Oh, we've got... We it depends how long it goes. Yes. Just stall. Oh. Just suck it all up. Firstly, I think the reason that Firstly, scientists... We'll find your name out. We'd like, I'm Rosie. Hello, Rosie. Rosie. Yay, Hello. round of applause. Please, 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 please. Hello, Rosie. I think the reason that scientists know more about insect penises than insect vaginas yeah. is perhaps the same reason why we always see dicks drawn everywhere and never vaginas. <laughs> and that's <laughs> patriarchy. That's what? Patriarchy. The what patriarchy. patriarchy. Oh, patriarchy. Sorry. Oh, patriarchy. We're, we're so privileged. We had no idea. We're like, what's that? What's that? <laughs> I've never heard of that before. Does it help me? It sounds awesome. Let's have more of that. Let's have more of what she's talking about. Well, I thought Rosie said right. Petrie, which I know is a station on the, on the railway line up here. I used to live like, in Petrie. I couldn't quite... Well, I've never been to Petrie. <laughs> Patriarchy. I also lived in patriarchy, but... <laughs> anyway, so what I was going to share was I read about it in an article published by David Christian in the Journal of World History. And <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm checking and, this. Um, Footnotes. Basically, she is a nerd. It turns out. <laughs> it's on the internet. It's on Sorry. the internet. This researcher was really sad about how in the universe humans are very, very small. You know, when you rank the universe by size, we're not that significant. So he was like, I'm going to re-rank the universe so that humans come out on top. <laughs> so he decided to rank the universe by complexity. And he defines complexity as energy density. So basically how much energy passes through something based on its size per second. So units of energy per gram per second. He estimated that a star uses about two units of energy per gram per second. Comparatively, it was estimated that the human brain uses 150,000 units of energy Whoa. per mass per second. So your brain 
is 75,000 times more energy dense than the sun. That is great. That is crazy. And yet, it still pales in comparison to an average human toddler. Yeah, still we just want to talk about penises, don't we? Despite that. <laughs> Patriarchy. David Christian. David that's, Christian. Okay, good, thank you. All right, good. That's, I was, I was, just press the right button. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> it's quite an energy-dense oh, answer. Okay, yes, okay. He was on TED Talks. He did... It's, look, I don't, I'm going to say she's... She looks like she's telling the truth. Yes, energy, energy rate densities. There it is. Well done. Nicely done. <gasps> I was a bit worried there. I was like, so it's looking okay for you so far. Now, everyone who says something that we reckon is true, you're not off the hook because our listeners, if you're wrong, they'll find you yes. and no, not like, not like no. taken. Not no, like no, find no, 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 no. I will find you and I will correct you. But yeah. they will correct us. Yes. They will send in your emails. And if you are sitting out the back going, that's a big pile of bullshit right there. You can, you <laughs> big can, pile. You can anonymously yeah. email into us. Right. And Greg we'll, at smartenough.org or Dan at smartenough.org. Because if there's one thing we love more than science, yeah, it's right. the correction of science. Right. Scores. Scores. For that story. Mind blown. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. I concur. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Oh. 18 points. Brilliant. Brilliant. So we are, All right. we are coming down to the last six minutes. Dr. Jen, would you like to take us out with your science story? Okay, on, on the topic of courtship... <laughs> this fits oh, in quite, not, quite nicely. Um, well, well I, I thought it was a really lovely fact. Bowerbirds are a bird where the male creates a bower mm. to impress a female and hopefully mate with her if she's impressed with what he puts. We've all been there. Yep. Yep, All absolutely. And where I did my PhD in at James Cook University, we had great bowerbirds, and they liked to collect. Do you, hang on, do you mean do you mean the bowerbirds were really good, or they were great bowerbirds? Like, is that a, is that a term for them? So I'm not I'm both, serious. Both. They were they were pretty spectacular, but they're also called great bowerbirds. Okay, they're were they spectacular? Now you're really confusing me. Are they spectacular bowerbirds, or are they great bowerbirds? Great. Okay, good. Thanks. Right. <laughs> so, um, so I, I used to notice that they used to collect all sorts of white and green objects, and sometimes a bit of purple, because they had a lovely purple flume at the back. And there was a childcare centre right near a bower, and they would often go in there and collect toys. And one <laughs> had, one had a, the courtyard of its bower was completely made up of little toy soldiers, which was quite lovely. Anyway, that's not my fact. My fact is about forced perception and what the great bowerbird does to trick the females into thinking that he's much bigger than he actually is. <laughs> so the female will sit at the end of the avenue of the bower and look at his display, which he might have an object in his mouth that he thinks is rather fabulous and he'll dance around with that object. And if she likes that, she'll, she'll go with him or if she likes other things about him. But what the males do and what some researchers a couple of years ago found out is that they arrange their objects so that the smaller objects are closer to the female and the larger objects are further away. <laughs> and what this means is it makes the males appear much bigger and it makes the <laughs> courtyard appear much more even. So they're actually tricking them. That's I right. thought it was a romantic gesture. It's a con. It's a con. It's a con. It's like a con. All, all mateship between humans. That's right. <laughs> Is it just me? That is amazing. That is amazing. That's, That's super cool. Even though that. it's like, it reminds me of uh, Father Ted. So large and close, small and far away. I, I just feel bad for the bow bird that goes, oh, these, these Lego bricks would be good. And then and the lady bow bird comes in and is like, oh, this looks like... Oh, no! <laughs> you idiot! 
That's right. And now, with that final yell of rage, we come finally down to who is going to win and not win tonight. We have a joint second place. We're going to get some more prizes. A joint second place, ladies and gentlemen. Can I please? No, we're not giving a joint. Not a joint special prize. Not a joint not special. A... Oh, look. No, we're going to have Marsupial Mouse Rob on stage, please. Second prize. And Anne. Anne as well. Anne, Anne come up as well, please. And Anne, 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 Anne and Rob. And other prizes, Dan. You have won the game Jux from Elbow Fish Games. Storytelling game par excellence. Thank you very much, Anne as well. And that means the winner with a spectacular 18 points is Rosie. Come on up, Rosie. You win from Elbow Fish Games. Anti-matter matter. You will actually have to build your own atom. Thank you. Big round of applause, ladies and gentlemen, for our wonderful, wonderful winners. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been fantastic. Big thank you to Jen and Spencer Howard. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your time here. You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org and Greg at smartenough.org. You can follow us on Twitter at SE2KB, Facebook at SE2KB, and, of course, you can review, rate, and subscribe to our podcast at iTunes. A big thanks to our sponsor for these live episodes, Elbowfish Games. Also, thank you very much to Spencer Hausen from 612 ABC and to Dr. Jen Parsons. This is the first of three special live recordings that will be coming out once every couple of weeks until we return on the third Sunday of February. Thanks so much for listening. Tell your friends. Now, if you're a bit intimidated by speaking in front of a bunch of people, don't worry about it. We will make more fools of ourselves right. than you can make of yourself. Absolutely. It's our job. Well practiced. Very well practiced. Well practiced. Around the world, practice idiots. So, I decided to try and find who God is or what God is. Right. We're judging on facts. Yes, facts. We're judging on facts. So, I can't, unfortunately, score too high. Fair enough. Not a lot of peer review um, on the Bible. No, not a lot of peer review. And when I got to Bob's place, I pulled up and there was ACDC music blaring out of the house, you know, rattling not, the windows not and that just sort of power. thing. Not yes, just power. No, no, not, okay. not, <laughs> not just alternating and, current direct current. I mean, no. so